We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick, and with me today, uh, the two guys that have been joining me the last couple of weeks here on the Pack-A-Day Podcast each and every Saturday, the two draft guys that I love to pick their brains about and uh, and figure out what their kind of uh, insight is on anything that the Packers are thinking about doing and then just the, the players in general that the Packers could think about taking, and we're going to break that down a little bit today as well. It's uh, our two co-hosts today. It's Paul Brettel and Mark Eckle. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? More importantly, how is the weather out there? <laughs> well, here in Green Bay, we're finally seeing the sun towards the end of the week, which is good because it's been cloudy, rainy, and chilly. I have to imagine it's been much better where Mark is. Oh, it's been beautiful here. I, this was this was beach. I was I'm, I was back back on the beach where I'm supposed to be. And everything so it's all all is well in the world and down here in North Myrtle Beach. Um you know, it took a I mean, I've been here this is my fourth summer here now, or spring, summer, whatever you want to call it. Um this is the the longest I've had to wait to get on to be on the beach every day. I mean, usually by last year on March I was out there every day. This year it took till April, so Oh, we feel we feel so yeah, bad for you, Mark. Oh my gosh! How, oh. All, right, all right, you guys are in Detroit. Here's a guy from from Arizona that uh, where it was always hard. I need him back. I need him to, to bail me out. Of this. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm putting on my, my winter jacket still every morning to take the dog out. And, and oh, Mark Mark had to wait an extra week to go out to the beach. Oh, <laughs> well, man. Almost a month now. Well, no, that almost a month. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good living, Mark. You you played it right. You played, you I, played I, the I love it here. Played the game right. Well, I've, been, like I said, I, I've been here almost four years, and people ask me, oh, so how, how often have you gone back to Philly or Jersey? I'm like, I haven't. Like, <laughs> like, not at all? I'm like, no. Not at all. <laughs> when I left, I said I, w- I would go back for weddings and funerals. Now I just mail a card. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I try not to get them mixed up, you know. I don't want to send them. <laughs> like, let's see. I, do I send flowers or a fruit bouquet? I don't <laughs> Well, I hate that the guy's getting married to send him my, my condolences. Although that <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we're gonna have to have we'll have to have an episode one time here where Mark gives us all of his life advice on uh, right. <laughs> on wedding, weddings and funerals and, and everything else. Um, but I, I want to pick his brain. I want to pick Paul's brain about uh, the, our position group for today that we're talking about uh, as it relates to the Packers and relates to the NFL draft coming up here in just under two weeks now. Um, tight end group is what we want to look at today, gentlemen, and. Uh, uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna look at a few of the prospects. Uh, there, there's obvi- there's one that I think sticks out obviously to anybody that's paid attention to the draft at all over the past couple of months. Um, I, we want to start though talking about the Packers position group now as as it relates to the tight end position. Um, I, I mean, I, I, we were talking off air talking about it, and you know the Packers have five tight ends on the roster as of right now. Um, at least, right? At, at least, yeah. You don't know what else could be what else could be coming down the pike. Um, Robert Tunyon is coming off uh, arguably the, one of the best tight end seasons in Green Bay Packer history. Uh, so l- l- let me start. Let me start with this question because I think this is this is the one that I, that's on my mind is is Robert Tunyon the future for the Packers in this position group? How much does him being here in the season that he had kind of affect what the Packers are? thinking about upcoming with the draft and just with the position group as a whole. Like it's, it's a very kind of, it's a secure position group, but it's also not at the same time. Uh, Paul, what do you, what's your just take overall on the position group and, and kind of what Robert Tunyon did last year and how it affects the Packers moving forward? Well, after years of just struggling and struggling, and not for lack of effort. They definitely dipped into free agency mm-hmm. to try to solve the Rubik's Cube that was the tight end position. It looks pretty darn good heading into 2021. Tanyan Sternberger, Lewis, DeGuara, Daphne. It looks it looks very good. However, that could potentially be short-lived. Uh, to answer your question specifically about Tanyan, I honestly don't know if he's going to be back after this year. So he was he's a restricted free agent. The Packers tendered him. He should be back. But next year, he's an unrestricted free agent. And will the Green Bay Packers, who are going to be in a salary cap crunch, going to pay the money to to bring him back at that point? In this Matt LaFleur offense, you know, it's it greatly helps tight ends be productive. That isn't to take away from what Tunyon did last season. It was incredibly impressive. I obviously don't expect him to achieve that level of efficiency again this year just from a probability standpoint, but I still do expect him to be an effective player. But if we look at the tight end position in LeFleur's offense, 
It makes the job a lot easier for them, especially when you compare it to Mike McCarthy's system, for example. The Green Bay Packers are going to be in a salary cap crunch next offseason. Once again, there's going to have to be tough decisions that are made. And they did draft Jay Sternberger two years ago in the third round, who kind of fits a similar you know, play style mold to Robert Tunyon. So obviously the hope for him is that he takes a step forward this year in year three. And I wouldn't write him off yet by any means because the tight end position, we talked about it on here, is that it's an incredibly difficult transition from college to the NFL. They all are, but tight end specifically, you don't see them perform or reach their level within that first season almost all the time and sometimes even the second season. So hang tight on Sternberger. But if he takes that step forward, becomes that reliable target, I don't necessarily know that Tunyon's going to be back in 2022. And the room really starts to look a lot different at that point. Mark, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, that was a great line you, you, you said, Danny, when you said that uh, they're secure, but maybe they're not. Yeah, they have five tight ends, which is probably one too many, maybe two too many. Most teams keep three. I mean, Packers in the Packers have been known to keep more than, you know, four. Five is just a lot. I mean, I don't know if you can – if they were to draft one, that you know, that gives them six, right? So you can't – there's no way you can squeeze six onto the roster. So somebody would have to go. Um, so I'm going to start with that premise. But, like uh, Paul just said about, you know, Tanya, we don't know. I've kind of – I was hoping or maybe expecting – them instead of just tendering him for the year, maybe working on a long-term deal, and maybe they and maybe they they still are. We don't know. Um, but if 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 when the season starts, he's playing on the on his one-year tender. Yeah, I don't know if he's back next year. And Mercedes Lewis is what thirty-eight. I mean, I know he had he's been he's been kind of you know beating the odds, but eventually he's not, all right? Eventually he's going to right. – he's going to either re- retire on his own or they're going to – or his play is going to go down to where they say, listen, we, we, we're not bringing you back. So then they're down to three. Sternberger, you know, his biggest thing has been – he hasn't played. I mean, he's mm-hmm. been hurt. He has his, – his rookie year was almost a total wash. And then last year, you know, he was out for half the season as almost as – as well, and then you know he by the end of the year, Daphne kind of moved ahead of him. He was, I guess, healthy, but he was scratched the last three or four games. Um, so you have that now. De, Deguire is a guy that they obviously like. Um, Lafleur Le, raved about him. They, they, but then he got hurt. So while it's a deep group, it's it's a lot of question. And Daphne the same way. He was an undrafted guy that they kind of brought in and was a, a pleasant sur- surprise by the you know by the end of the year. Um, so it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's one of the more confusing positions on the team because yeah, they have people and if they all play up to their potential, it's a great group. I mean, Tunyon, like you said, was probably one of the top five tight ends in, in football last year. Um, two third round picks, a guy that's been around forever and has, you know, been just a great you know, old school, old school kind of tight end. Um, and then Daphne, who kind of came out of nowhere and looked pretty good. So if they all play as well as they can, then what a dynamic group that it is. But they all, like I said, they all have injury questions. And let's be honest about Tunyon, too. Before this, before last year, they obviously didn't think the world of him, where they, they wouldn't have spent two third-round picks on tight ends, right? So 
who knows? It's 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 an interesting looking forward to see how they're going how this is all all, all going to shake out. And keep in mind, this team doesn't draft for the current year. They draft they you know AJ a. Dillon was not a a a pick for last, when when he was a second round pick in the 2020 draft. They weren't drafting him for that season. Obviously, they they had Aaron Jones and, and Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. They knew both of them were free agents. They probably weren't going to bring them both back, and they didn't. And now Dylan moves into a, a significant role. I'm not even going to bring up Jordan Love because that that that's you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they, I mean, tight end. If you're looking ahead, tight end is a position that they could easily draft. If you're looking today, there there would be no reason to draft a tight end because there's other much more pressing needs. But they do have extra. You know, I, I I'll say this: I doubt they'll take one early. Uh, unless, you know, unless Pitts were to fall to 29, they might have to take him. But I think the chances of that happening are not very good. <laughs> uh, so, um, but day three with the extra four, an extra five, and an extra six as of right now. Yeah, if there's a tight end that that they like that they think fits their their offense, yeah, they could take one. That's what has me like confused in all this with this position group because it looks really good right now, but there's a realistic scenario where Sternberger doesn't take a step forward. Maybe they can't afford Tanyan. Lewis retires. I love Deguara, but Dominique Daphne is an unknown. And then all of a sudden you're just left with Deguara. And as you said, Mark Gudikin's history is he plans ahead, right. but. In planning ahead, where are you going to put that tight end? So it really is a, a kind of a quandary that they're in right now. Yeah, and, and the, that I think that's the biggest one is is you just don't know what you have with this position group right now. You've got you've got players, you just don't know if you've got players. You know what I mean? Um, Deguara is the biggest question mark, and you know it. And it the way the offense works is like you need you need a deep roster of, of tight ends because that, that's, that's how, that's what uh, Matt LaFleur loves to do is, is move those tight ends around into the backfield, into, into blocking. You know, he, that he, that's why he fell in love with Mercedes Lewis uh, so quickly and, and he's been able to find his way into this offense. And so, yeah, it, it's, it raises a lot of question marks about what the Packers could do. And boy, if, God, if Pitts falls to 29, no, I, I would cool. love, I would love to see what the heck's happening if picks one through 28, if he, if he fell to 29, but. If he falls I, to 29, one of two things happen. <laughs> Either he got killed the night before or he killed someone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, that would be. Oh, what's the one thing that uh, that pa- that Brian Gutekunst could do to to make Packer fans more angry than picking Jordan Love in the first round, picking a man that had just recently passed away? Um, so let, let's talk about let's talk about uh, kind of the I I would I want to say the gorilla, but just we'll call him he's, he's a Gator. He the big Gator in the in the room, Kyle Pitts, uh, the junior. He's arguably one of the best uh, kind of NFL ready tight end prospects it feels like we've seen in in a few years um we won't talk too much about him because i think it's it's fair to say he's the number one tight end on everybody's on everybody's board and like uh mark so eloquently stated and described for us there's really no chance uh unless something completely off the board happens that kyle pitts would ever be available to the packers in any sense um 
So let, let's just talk briefly about him, though. Like, tell me what you guys, uh, what you think about him. Just talk, talk us, talk us up on on Kyle Pitts, Mark. Well, in the series I do, I I talk to three three scouts um, about each player. You know, all the top players. Just my number one guy, who's been doing this a long time, told me this like months ago. He said, uh, and he's very he's the most critical of of the three, and, and he and he often will will shoot down the. The, the media darling or the guy getting all the, all the hype. So I, the first person I, I, I actually asked him about was Kyle Pitts. I said, is this, this Florida t- tight end, is is he as good as everybody says? And I expected a, eh, he's okay. He's not, no, he's not as good. No, I got a, he's even better than people say. He said, in, in <laughs> 25 years of, of doing this, he's the best tight end I've ever scouted. Wow. So he said, he said you know, he's he thinks he's the best player in the draft. Period. Wow. Quarterbacks. He said, you know, he's not going to go one because quarterbacks go higher, but he thinks he's the best player in the draft. Um, he just, and he says, there's nothing that the kid can't do. I mean, he's he's ready to play. He's going to, and he says, don't don't even call like you know, people say, oh, you can't take a tight end with the, the fourth pick. You can't take it. He said, this kid is is just he's he's more than a tight end. Like don't, don't, don't label him because he's, right. he's a receiver. He's, he's a weapon. Like, like we like to talk about the Packers mm-hmm. having weapons. That's what this kid is. He's a weapon. He's going to catch a lot of passes for a lot of yards and score a lot of touchdowns. It doesn't matter. Call him whatever you want to call him, but he's going to, whatever team is fortunate enough to get him is going to get a, a really good player and probably the rookie of the year. Wow. That's uh, that was an impressive uh, remark from the scout that you're talking. The one best tight end. That's incredible. He said yeah. he compared him to the 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 kid that the that the Lions took out of Iowa, Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Yeah, yeah. He said, "Listen, he's good. He's and he was he was what like eighth or ninth overall pick, right?" Mm-hmm. He said, he, "Now he's a good player, and I liked him." He said, "But it's not even close. Not even close. <laughs> How much better this kid is." Yeah, there's not really much left to say after that. Yeah. <laughs> they call Pitts, they call Pitts the unicorn for a reason. He's a special player, and I think that's an important remark that you made about tight end. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Because I know folks can, and I do it too, especially when talking about the Packers. But when you're talking about a top five pick, potentially top ten pick, getting locked into, oh, well, he's a tight end. No, he's so much more than that. He's a weapon uh, in any offense and absolutely someone that if you could wave your wand, you'd put him in Green Bay. But obviously that's not going to happen. But he is I would say this, this. I, I like to ask this every year. If somehow the Packers 
were given the first pick of the draft. If the football guy said, you know what, you guys got, got screwed two years in a row losing in the championship. We're going to give you the first pick. Right? You got the number one pick. Who would you take? Oof. Wow. I, I almost want to say you still go with Trevor Lawrence because of the value oh, of the quarterback. God, you can't do that. And just to watch everything go haywire, right? <laughs> I think I would take Kyle Pitts. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. That's good. That's, a, that's quite an endorsement. I, I, yeah, I, I think I would. I don't know, but I think I, I think I would. I think he's that good, and he would imagine him in Lafleur's offense. My God, it would be incredible. Yeah, I, I mean that that's the thing is you know we we we've just been saying there's really not much of a chance that the Packers take tight end early because of the the way the position group is or the way the room is kind of set right now. But Kyle Pitts is one of those guys that. He, if he comes into that five-man room, you'd instantly get rid of two guys just to make room for him. If that, you know, you there, there's really not a, a sacrifice you wouldn't make on that in that room right now to bring in Kyle Pitts. I you feel could, like you could trade Tanya and get I'm right. Sure you can get a nice pick for Tanya at this. Point. I mean, again, this is all craziness because it's not going to happen. But I'm just <laughs> saying, if if they if the Packers had the number one overall pick, I think. I mean, I you know, I'm sure there's other possibilities there, but I, that's who I would take. Because I, I wouldn't take a quarter. I just wouldn't. Um, and there's, I don't think there's a defensive player worth the number one pick. Mm-mm. Well, it would either no. be Chase or Chase, probably, right? I, you know, maybe one of the tackles, but I don't know if they're worth. Yeah, I, I was thinking. I was thinking the guy from from Oregon. That's the only other one I could think mm-hmm. of for the Packers to take a, number one overall. You could. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to kill you for doing that, but right. I would just take the special. I don't. I think he's a good tackle, but Pitts is just so special that mm-hmm. you just take him. I think. But yeah. anyway, but that's enough about Pitts. Let's talk about right. guys. Packers might yeah, I was gonna say we well, said we we said we weren't gonna <laughs> spend too much time on it. We spent almost like over five minutes talking about how much how much we love Kyle Pitts and how he'll never be in Green Bay. Well, thank um, God he he won't be in Chicago, Minnesota, or 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 Detroit either. I don't think so. Knock, God. Knock on wood, Mark, because <laughs> that is that is my that is my ultimate nightmare. Is just what is one of those just uh, like like a Randy Moss type player, you know, like one of those guys that only comes around every every couple of decades, ending up in 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 the NFC North that's not in Green Bay. Knock knock on wood, man, because that <laughs> just well, one of those things happens. A, a slight possibility, but I don't think he. I, I think he goes before that. Yeah. 
Um, well, let's talk about some of the guys that uh, that may uh, fall to the Packers. Um, you know, a little a little bit more in the realm of of possibility for for Green Bay here, twenty nine, or just in the in the draft in general. I want to I want to just kind of first get your guys' take on on the position group. Kyle Pitts, number one, obviously with a bullet for everybody. Um, but how do how do you guys kind of see the group? the position group kind of play out after that? Like where do you kind of see guys fall? How do you rank them? I just want to kind of get your take on how you rank those top couple of guys. And I want to figure out which one you kind of think fits, fits best with the Packers. So uh, Paul, let me start with you. Uh, just kind of that, those, those top few tight ends, how do you kind of uh, see that position group on your big board? So the position group as a whole after Pitts, I would say it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's nothing special in that regard. Um, you know, some of the top names that, and these guys would have to be if the Packers are going to make a day two pick, uh, Pat Fryermuth from Penn State. He's someone who's, he's probably the most, and the, so disclaimer, everything I'm going to say moving forward is without Kyle Pitts in mind because he's just that special of a player. But Pat Fryermuth of the rest of these guys is probably the more, one of the more well-rounded ones in this draft between pass catching and blocking. However, a couple of the names that I've picked out as potential targets, um, they might not necessarily, well, one of them certainly isn't, aren't necessarily at the top echelon of this tight end group this year. But what the backers really need to find, in my opinion, is that more traditional Mercedes Lewis role tight end. Uh, we, we know he's not going to be around forever, although it, he keeps magic or keeps coming back on those one-year deals. But I think, but we know that's an important part of the Fleur offense, and it's an element that without Lewis, they don't really have. Now, every tight end is expected to block to varying degrees, but none of them do have the same responsibilities that Lewis does. So two guys that fit that mold uh, is Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame. He only had 52 targets with the Irish, 35 receptions, so he wasn't used heavily in the passing game. But I wouldn't read into that you know, a ton as is in regards to that he can't be effective as a pass catcher. I do think he can, but he's was an excellent blocker at Notre Dame. Uh, in 2020, he was PFF's top run blocking tight end. He was 21st in pass blocking. And I found a good quote last week. I found another one this week that I really liked. PFF said, he blocks like his life depends on it snap after snap. That's <laughs> one of those quotes that it just fires me up. And I love that, especially thinking that the Packers do need that, that type of player, not necessarily for 2021 with Lewis, but down the road because that wide tight end, the traditional inline tight end is important to this offense. He's someone that could fill that role. And just by, you know, he's a younger player. He is more adept at receiving. He brings you more upside in the passing game than what Lewis does. Now, I think he's going to be a day two pick going in rounds two or three. I do like him quite a bit. So I don't think the Green Bay Packers are going to be in the market for tight end at that point, but he's someone that I like in particular. The other one is John Bates from Boise State. This is going to be a day three selection, uh, maybe even undrafted. I guess I'm not really sure in that regard, but he is an excellent blocker. He was fourth among tight ends in run blocking, eighth in pass blocking this past year. He's a solid receiver, steady. He's not going to overwhelm, you know, take over the passing game by any means. He's going to be that guy who's more of a blocker. But like I said, those are kind of – that's the the build that I've been looking for in this tight end class because I do think that it's needed. DeGuara, Daphne, they fit that versatile H-back type of role. Sternberger, Tanyan, they're both more of the receiving type tight end. 
but I really think that they need to find, and maybe they don't this year because they are set for 2021 at tight end, but finding that traditional Y tight end is going to be on the to-do list in the next year or so. Mark, uh, what about you? How do you kind of see the, uh, the the next couple of picks of that tight end group look? Yeah, well, I'm, I'll talk first about um, the guys that, that Paul mentioned. Yeah. Um, the kid from, from Notre Dame, Tremble, did you talk about him, Paul? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's your boy, right? I do like him, yep. See, see I don't like him because he, he's because he's Notre Dame. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Notre Dame slow players, I, uh, this, this is what you like But, no, I mean, he's a guy before, like, when the season ended, I thought he was maybe like a, the Packers could get him, like maybe like in the fourth or fifth round because he had no numbers. You know, he, he, is, he is what he you said, him. a full blocking t- tight end. And, I thought, okay, well, no, because he, you know, no, people aren't going to take him, he'll, he'll fall. But then he worked out like a maniac. You know, he had a great work. So now, all of a sudden, you're right. He's, I think, he's going to move up to at least, you know, probably early third round. You know, he'll he'll be a Friday pick. And yeah, that's the Packers shouldn't take a, a tight end of that nature. I agree. At that, 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 yeah, uh, that point, you'd want someone who can do a lot more. I agree. Right, and I, so I don't want him there. I don't think they get him. I do like the kid you mentioned from Boise late because mm-hmm. he will go. I, I think, you know, and they have extra late picks. Yeah, that would be a nice pick for them because he is a blocker. He can, I mean, that's he's he's a, a young Mercedes. No, well, 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 he's a Mercedes Lewis. What Mercedes Lewis does now, yeah, this kid. And and you can learn from Mercedes Lewis, which would be even better. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that would mm-hmm. be – that's a guy that I would not mind seeing them getting in, you know, late, sixth round one of their two six-round picks that they have, that, would, that wouldn't be a bad pick at all. Uh, a guy that I like, and again, I don't know, he might go too early for the Packers as well, is Brevin Jordan out of Miami. Um, he's probably a third-round pick as well. Uh, he's just a good player. He can do he's – a, he's a poor man's Kyle Pitts in a sense. I mean, he, he's, he's athletic. He can do a lot of good things. Um, not a great blocker, but he, he, he tries. Um, mm-hmm. But, he, you know, he played well. Um, he had he played well in big games, which is what you want to see. He had a great bowl game against Oklahoma State, scored two two touchdowns. Um, was very good against North Carolina. Um, I think he had like six catches, 140 something yards, a big like a 75 yard touchdown catch. Um, he's I think he's my number two tight, tight end. Most people have the Penn State kid too, and he's Penn State kid is, is like you said. I think he might be the most complete tight end in the draft. Um, no, again, we're not talking about pits anymore. Uh, but yeah, he can block, he, he can catch, he can do a lot of. He's a kind of a combination of Jordan and and Tremble, mm-hmm. I think. No, um, but yeah, he'll be gone. I, some people think he might go low first. I don't think he'll go first. I think I think the kid from Penn State will go second round. If Jordan were to fall, if Reverend Jordan were to were to fall, he, I'd be tempted. Because I think he's he's that good. Yeah, he averaged almost ten yards after the catch this past. Yeah, season. he's an athlete. He can do yeah. something. You know what I'm saying? And a kid that that's not getting a lot of hype. Uh, and you could, again, this could be where the Packers start to look for a tight end. Is uh, Trey McKitty from 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 Georgia? Um, he, Florida State transfer. He's he's pretty good. He's um, I mean he he can he's fast. He he, he I, I think he ran a four five five. Um, which is pretty good for a guy who's six four two forty five. So he has the size, speed with the kind of. I don't know what Paul, you do that RAS stuff. Who 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 are the good tight ends with that? 
So Tremble was uh, Brevin Jordan, Mark, yeah. 4.35. How much? 4.35. That's all he was? Yep. Now, I will say wow. Sternberger was 5.2, I believe. So I'm maybe it's only one pick. I'm it's surprised. Only... I, don't, I don't understand that. Or I don't understand that. The, the <laughs> knock, the, the, poor, the part that drug down Jordan's score was his height and weight because he's a little smaller yeah, and lighter. Okay. Yeah, his bench only... press – and his vertical, but his 40 time, his shuttle time were all very good. So that's what we see on the tape and mm-hmm. after the catch. Yeah, he is only 6'3", which is kind of short for, for a tight end. Mm-hmm. Well, did the kid from Georgia measure well? I don't have his in front okay. of me. All right, because he was – I like, again, fifth round pick maybe, fifth. If he's there, wouldn't be the worst pick in the world, I don't think. Um, he he goes – he, he makes he, – he's a playmaker. Now, he didn't put up big numbers because Georgia didn't really – you know, they didn't throw the ball a lot. Um, but, again, you know, come fifth round, if the Packers have done what they wanted in the first early rounds and got, you know, some cornerback help and offensive tackle help, defensive line help, and they're, you know, they're ready to take a tight end, I wouldn't mind him. So let me ask you guys then if you could play Genie. In uh, in the tight end group here, if you just had one pick uh, outside of Kyle Pitts, obviously, um, if you had one pick to just just be the guy that you think best fits into the system, like if you could pick just any player at random, it doesn't matter when in the draft or where, you just could pick one, plug him in, and he's going to be the best fit to fit in with what the Packers and Matt Alfler want to do with this offense. Um, do you have a guy – that you would you could say right now is that guy, Mark. And the round doesn't matter. You're, you're yeah, talking. like yeah, just not even not even worrying about picking rounds or or who gets picked before. Just a guy that you think could fit best into what the what the Packers want to do with that group. Well, that's tough because if if we're talking about the overall position, like to be yeah. the guy, I would want Jordan. I would want mm-hmm. Jordan or or McKitty because I, I I like this this McKitty I really do, because um, you know they, but again I'm not going to go I'm not Jordan is going to be out of my out of my range I think, um, but I like the guy that, I, again the guy that Paul brought up Bates from Boise State I think is a great fit if you're look are you looking to replace Tunyon or are you, are you looking right to replace right Lewis? that's what my answer is going to be like you know? yeah if you're replacing Lewis and I don't want those, mm-hmm. those, those I don't want I don't want either one of those guys I want either Tremble or or Bates, mm-hmm. but I don't want Trumbull in the second round or third round, you know. Um, so, uh, to be honest, if the Packers don't draft a tight end, I'm not going to be upset. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I, – I think, you know, they have – there's other needs. Like, whenever I do one of those online draft things, which I've done the last couple because everybody else is doing it, so let me, all right, let me see what everybody's doing. You know, those um, <laughs> simulators. Yeah. I never, yeah. never take a tight end. Yeah. I haven't yet either. If it were so, my answer is going to be not the cop out, but it is similar. If if the Green Bay Packers were to feel that, all right, we're probably not going to pay Tanyan. I'm not sure what we got in Sternberger. Then Brevin Jordan is someone that you would take. If they feel all right, we got a good feeling about Sternberger, or and or we're we're pretty confident we'll be able to bring Tanyan back. Well, now you got to replace Lewis. You know that blocking tight end, and then you get into the tremble. Uh, Bates discussion again. So mm-hmm. Tremble would be the early round pick. Bates would be the later. To fit the Green Bay Packers need, if I had to answer the question, I would probably go with Bates 
because I don't want to spend premium draft capital on the position this year. Uh, and I do think, I don't think that come next year, it's going to be no Tunyon and everyone's out on Sternberger. Might be one or the other, but I feel like one of those guys is going to be around and someone that you can rely on to be more of that pass catching role. However, Tanyan, we don't, or uh, Lewis, excuse me, you know, we don't know what his future holds at the end of each off, at the end of each season, we get to the off season, we don't know whether he's going to be back or not. So if I had to pick, I would probably go with Bates in the later round, get a blocking tight end, but not use a premium pick on it. Uh, so last Last part I want to ask you guys about with this tight end group, kind of kind of separate from the Packers almost, is just with the the position group as a whole. Is there a tight end that you guys haven't mentioned that yeah. um, that that you know you're looking at as, as somebody that could be one of these late round steals, a guy that you know we look back on and, and wonder how they fell this far, kind of a diamond in the rough guy. People that we aren't talking about. Is there one guy kind of a sleeper that we aren't? Uh, Picking out of here yet, Paul? Uh, one guy I would name, he had a big uh, season this past year, is Hunter Long from Boston College. Um, he went from 40 targets in 2019 to 89 in 2020, 57 receptions, most in college football. Uh, I don't necessarily know he's a late-round pick. He might be you know, early day three potentially, uh, but he's someone who played in line, out wide in the slot. Uh, okay blocker. Yeah, but he brings that receiving ability as well. So we're seeing a lot more of those those tight ends where they're kind of that well-rounded, which is what you need to be in today's NFL. But he's someone that I, I think could find some success here in the NFL with that receiving ability and that ability to to move around the formation. Mark? Yeah, he, he, I, I like him too. I like. I was going to say that we, we did over – before you asked the question, I was going to say there's one tight end that we overlooked. We, we haven't mentioned that. That's Hunter Long. Um, and he probably is. He's probably a fourth round, I would think. Um, but, again, I'm going to go back to my guy, Trey McKinney from Georgia, might be a guy that goes. And, listen, some of the bet. I mean, if you look at the tight ends in the league right now, Tunyon, who we, we said had one of the best years of anyone last year, what, he was undrafted. Right. You know, Kittle was, what, fifth round? I think, yeah, it was day th- yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was day three. Round. Kelsey was, he was low, right? So, yeah. My, 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 the point I'm trying to make is you get good tight ends in the fourth and fifth rounds or even like or Tunyon undrafted. You don't, you don't need to spend a high pick on a, on a tight end to get a good one. It seems like you can, you know, the better ones come – and some of the early ones are just okay. You know, Evan Ingram, I know, I, I know he made the Pro Bowl last year, but he's just so – I talk to Giants writers a lot and stuff. He's, okay, he's not as good as people think. I mean, he was a first-round pick, and he's – He's okay. Tunyon's better than him. Um, so I mean, it, yeah, that, you know, that's a good. That was a good point. That you know, there's going to be some. There's going to be a couple tight ends taken in probably on Saturday. That in three years, when we're talking about the best tight ends, they're going to be better than some of the guys taken, you know, on Friday. And the thing with the tight end position, we've talked about it before, is. People just have to be especially patient with it. I mean, even Sternberger, I think he only has, and part of it is due to injuries, but he only has 300 NFL snaps or something in that ballpark. That's not a lot. Right. And for a position where you need to, you know, understand blocking responsibilities, techniques, like, 
you know, an offensive tackle to summer guard. You need to have, you know, a, a route tree like a receiver. It's it's a it's a tough transition, and I know that they all are, but this is one of the slower ones where it comes to that progression before we really see them get their feet under them and start to make some noise. I mean, even uh, uh, Hawkinson, who we talked about earlier with the Lions, he had a relatively quiet rookie season, but he had a nice second year, and typically that's the progression that you see from from this position. Yeah, and so like like we've just we've been saying uh, this whole episode here, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Packers do with this with this group. You you both kind of uh, I think summed it up perfectly when I was asking about the best fit is it just kind of depends on what the Packers kind of view their future with uh, with the position group. Do they go the route of of Tunyon? Does does Sternberger come on? You know, it, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna kind of decide in this draft here the way that uh, the Packers I think. Are gonna they're gonna probably have to show their hand a little bit with the way that the Packers are feeling with the position group, depending on what happens in this draft. They may not address it at all, um, and, and it will really? just be yeah, it'll just be very interesting. Sorry, go ahead, Mark. No, I was gonna say, or knowing this guy, he'll take he'll yeah, take sure. uh, Jordan, right. <laughs> he'll take you know a Tunyon type guy in the fourth round, and then come back and take the Boise State kid in the sixth round. Well, yeah. seven good ends on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bet. The one thing you know about Brian Gutekunst is you don't know. Um, you really don't. You, you know. <laughs> Paul and I yeah. were talking about picks earlier today. We were going back with, with different things. You can't figure. You think you have him figured out, and then he just does something. You're like, oh, never mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's which is fun. I don't mind. I mean, right. I, you don't want a predictable guy. Right. That means the whole league knows what he's doing too. So (laughs) I'm saying like, I like unpredictability when it comes to drafts and stuff. As long as you're making good, as long as you're taking good players, you know? Um, I I think, I mean, I think the perfect example for that is something you mentioned early on, uh, Mark is AJ Dillon last year when they drafted him in second round. I, I, I was sitting there and I, I was trying to explain to my dad, he's trying to pick my brain about it. I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Was, I don't know why you would go that that I high. I, I I actually thought it was. I thought they no. They they must have traded that pick and somebody else took Dylan. <laughs> I swear to God. I, I was like, Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, and, but and then and then you go in and then you go into the season thinking that oh well this means you know this means the end of of Aaron Jones you know uh, enjoy watching him play in 2020 and he turns around and, and does this complete 180 and and you. You never know the way that he's going with this, and so with a position group like the tight end group that you're, you're overlooking, um, if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to figure out what Brian Gutekunst is thinking or doing, don't write any of these position groups off, no matter what the, what oh, the group looks like. And since we're, yeah. I was gonna say since we're a little off topic here, the one thing about what Gutekunst does is, yeah, the AJ Dillon selection was out of right field, and so was the DeGore one. But those types of players are needed in the Matt LaFleur offense. So whether it works out or not, that's a completely different discussion. But I am always going to be 100% on board with the GM going and getting the types of players that the coach needs, and that's what those two guys are. Yeah, I mean, a year ago, I was convinced – in whatever order, because you never know what order, because because the board tells you that, you know. And the worst thing to do is reach. You, you can't reach mm-hmm. for a player out of position. You, that's how you get burned. Um, but I would have bet you that the first three rounds somewhere would would be a wide receiver, like the rest of the world thought, an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. 
and probably either a linebacker or a corner. I would have, I, I would have thought they, you know, of those four spots, they're going to be the first three picks. Instead, I got a quarterback, a running back, and a tight end, which I wouldn't have had anywhere on. I, quarterback and running back, for certain, I didn't think was going to be anywhere on, mm-hmm. on the list. Tight end, I, I really – it didn't shock me because Tunyon hadn't done anything at that t- t- to that point. But I thought, you know, Sternberger was – you know, you thought he was going to have a – you know, he, 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 like I said, his, his rookie year was, was, was kind of a, a wash because he didn't play. But you still had him, and they, and they had brought Lewis back. And um, – yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't see tight end coming in the third round, so you don't you just don't know. Yeah, and I I had I had a I had a, a little back and forth on on Twitter about this is you you don't draft to win ESPN. Yeah. You know you don't you don't draft to, I I don't I don't care what anybody says about. Uh, who won or lost the draft, who did what. If Brian Gutekunst is drafting these players, I trust – because I don't think that we've – we've. I, I think he still has that trust uh, earned right now, is these are players that he thinks fit in with Coach's system, and these are the players that they want to put in here, and they're going to try to make them successful. It's not about picking – the right players, quote unquote, or picking the you know the the player that everyone thinks you should pick at that position group. I we we I, I trust Brian Gutekunst to make the pick, and so if it comes down to it, when in in late day two or early day two or something like that, and the Packers are taking a tight end, I I'm going to be a little flabbergasted. I'm going to be a little frustrated because it means I'm going to have to defend him on Twitter to a bunch of of <laughs> of, uh, of of no names, but. Uh, I, I, I trust that he he makes the right decision on on those players that he thinks fits the fits the system. So what are you going to say when he when he trades twenty nine, next year's number one, a two, and Tunyon to the Bengals for the fifth pick to take Kyle Pitts? Mark, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna, I'm gonna have to take a day. I, I'm, I'm gonna, like. You gotta, I'm going to take a PTO day the next day on Friday. I'm not going to work. I'm just going to kind of hang out in the People dark. People want Aaron Rodgers to get a weapon. There's your weapon, folks. Exactly right. Yeah. That. <laughs> that's that's the point. You you want it, you asked for a weapon. Well, boom. He just he just bought you one of the best ones. Um. All right, guys. Well, this this was fun. I enjoyed this. Uh, glad we could talk about this group. A group that is going to be. Um, like we've been saying, one to keep an eye on for the Packers and uh, and see what happens in the draft this year. Lots of lots of late round talent. I think that's one of the more fun groups to talk about. Is you know, wide receiver and cornerback and stuff like that are fun, but you know, kind of trying to find those guys that might fit in there in the back end of the draft and and be those guys that become the unsung heroes and and turn into draft uh, draft legends after that are are a little bit a uh, little bit more fun. I think um, we're gonna be back. Next Saturday as well, we're talking about same. We're going to do the same thing here. We're going to look on the defensive side, look at the defensive line. I think that'll be another fun one to break down with you guys, um, pick your brains about. So make sure you tune in then. Make sure you're tuning in the rest of this week. Group The, the groups are going to be breaking down more of these position groups for uh, the Packers and the draft as we, like I said, less than two weeks away now. So it's down to crunch time here for the NFL draft stuff. Pack-A-Day podcast is exactly the place you want to be each and every day to get that information, how it relates to the Packers and what Brian Gutekunst is thinking heading into that draft night on Thursday. Um, guys, anything that you want to plug right now, let people know where they can follow you out on social media, anything like that, uh, Paul? 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel. Uh, over at Dairyland Express, I've been knocking out a lot of uh, you know prospects to know for the Packers, just highlighting different players in that regard. Uh, a cheese or at Dairyland Express this past Sunday. I don't know if I mentioned it last week or not, but I did a draft based on Brian Gudikin's tendencies. So I did a mock draft. I thought that turned out well. And then on Friday at Cheesehead TV, I posted an article discussing an ideal trade partner for the Green Bay Packers in round one, because we all know Brian Gudikins loves to trade up. Any guesses? I, I've, I've always been looking at uh, someone like the Jets. Someone that's just a couple, a few picks away, and have two first-round picks. That's a good one. Yeah, you had Jets. I would have said the Steelers. I got the Colts. Oh, oh yeah, because they they don't have many picks either, so they might they might want to pick up yep. your picks. Yeah, I, the, the the easy answer is Seattle, but they don't have a first-round pick this year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. Real quick, that's insane. Three coming in with. Three pack. I could. I couldn't believe that. Um, uh, Mark, what about uh, what about you? Well, first, I want to tell people to you know, if you're listening, make sure you sub- subscribe to the Pack a Day podcast. For sure. Because um, it's nothing but. I mean, if you care about the Packers and you care about the draft, it, you, there's nowhere else to go right now. Um, I'm I'm on Packer Report this week. Um, I'm still doing my draft series, um, but up there now, I believe I'm, I'm trying to remember now. It's all kind of blending together on me. Um, <laughs> I think I have the defensive line, which we were just talking about. No, um, edge rushers are up now. Defensive line will be up. And then uh, next week will be linebackers and cornerbacks. So I'm sure everyone's looking forward to who the best, who the Packers could get a cornerback because we all think they're going to get one. They probably won't because we all, that's what we think, but. Right. No, I think I, I, I'll be stunned if they don't take a cornerback this year. Yeah, it's as much as much as Brian Gutekunst can be unpredictable. There's there's a couple of ways that sure feels like he needs to be going that way. Um, for myself, uh, I'm on Twitter as well at DK all the way. You can find me there tweeting about nonsense and and you know fighting with uh, with other random Packer fans about uh, the the skill of Brian Kudekunst and his drafting ability. Um, I have uh, my show currently right now on uh, on Game On Wisconsin every Tuesday, 6.30 Lambeau time, draft day. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun over there. If you want to check out some pseudo-football draft-related stuff, it's really nothing draft-related on draft day. Um, and then uh, also coming up uh, this coming Thursday, this will be – uh, coming out on Saturday, so the 22nd, um, the Thursday right before the draft, is uh, our uh, my team that uh, we usually do our show, Lombardi's Bar for Game On Wisconsin every week. We're going to be teaming up with uh, Open Book, another one of our Game On Wisconsin teams, on Thursday night at 6.30 Lambeau time as well. And uh, yeah, just kind of playing around with them and talking draft and everything else like that. So hope you uh, tune into some of the stuff we're doing over there as well. And like Mark said as well, Please, please, please take a second to subscribe to us here on Packer Day Podcast. Let your friends and family know all about us. Like he said, if you are a Packer fan and you want to know anything that's going on with the Packers and especially with the draft, what uh, what the Packers are looking at, what what is the best fit and everything else like that, this is the place to be. And we're coming up now three, I believe, three days from uh, from this episode will be our 1,000th episode, 1,000 straight days 
with our team on the Pack-A-Day podcast yes. releasing an episode. It bonkers. That's just, I mean, you know, we have to thank Andy. I mean, he, he put this yeah, together. big time. I mean, I'm not sure he That's thought it would go a thousand. I'll have to ask him. Right? <laughs> I, mean, I always ask players that, like a player that, you know, like a Mercedes Lewis, you know, he's been in the league 100 years, right? So yeah. I've always asked like, when you got in, did you think you'd be playing, you know, this many? And they all, I never heard one, all of them say, no, I was happy to make the team, you know, when, when, I, when I met my first round. <laughs> I never thought I'd be playing, but I love it, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I'm, I like to, I'm, I'm gonna have to get a quote from Andy on a thousand episodes. Yeah, we have to do a little write up on him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, guys, thank you again for joining us, uh, for joining me, Paul, and Mark today. Hope you're back again next week with us and each and every day here with us on the Pack of Day podcast. Until then, everybody, please continue, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and uh, keep getting ready for the draft. And until next week, guys, go back go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.